before, but I reread it and I slowed down and I got a lot of other stuff out of it. But before we go to that, go to Romans chapter 5, verse 8. Let me show you something. Romans 5, verse 8. It says, Chris, go. But God. I'm sorry. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. Mm -hmm. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, Christ died for you when you didn't care nothing about him. I mean, I can remember growing up, you know, with my little understanding of what I thought God. This is what I used to think a relationship with God was. One, you really didn't have one. He was just kind of up there and you were down here. And he, I did believe he was all powerful, but... I really believe that, you know, if I just try not to do as bad, I should be okay. Right. Amen. I'm glad I got a few people who agree. Most people think that even now. They believe, you know, it always comes down to character, which I was failing miserably, but I wasn't that bad. Amen. 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 I mean, I wasn't doing well, but I wasn't doing bad as him. You know what I mean? So that's the way I kind of looked at it. And it's like, I, didn't, I had to realize something. What changed my life that night, August 3rd, 1983, in the tent, what changed my life was I realized something for the first time that I was a sinner, but I think I already knew that, but then I, for the first time I realized that Christ had actually died for me, though, to fix my sin problem. Amen. That's what dawned on me. So when you're trying to get people to understand why they need God, or, or don't tell them why they need church, you need, you need to tell them why they need salvation. Because what happened? Because Jesus died. They're getting ready to celebrate the birth of Christ, right? And so why did Jesus, why was Jesus born? Just so we'll have a great story to tell and they can write a great book from it? Or, or, and then why did Jesus die? Because the world is cruel and they just felt like killing him? And then he, why, how did they, why did they write about him resurrecting and, 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 and all the payment for what he did? See, it's a debt that was to be paid and Jesus paid the debt. Hallelujah. And so, therefore, because I was some, one of the ones that was in debt. Yep. What, how, how, what got me in debt? Being born. Yep. Being born gets you in debt. And I, and I know it doesn't make sense. And, some, and you know what I always think? And it's not going to happen. But I always think, man, when we get to heaven, they should have lines of people to talk to. They'll have the Jesus line, the Paul line, the Peter line. And, oh, I want to talk to Adam <laughs> and find out what happened, dude. See, because of you, everything went south. We had a great deal picking on Adam. But because we were born, that means that we have a debt to be paid because we're born in sin. Everybody say amen to that. Amen. I know it's cruel. I know it's harsh, and most people don't like it, but it's true anyway. So how do we know, Keenan? How, how can you prove that? Easy. Look at children. Love the kids. The babies are my biggest fans. But, but man, look at kids, some of the most selfish, some of the most manipulative, some of the most lying, some of the most uh, 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 mean little jokers. You, they're, oh, they're so cute. No, they're not. They're little monsters. And it's like, and the thing is, why? Because I've never taught you how to do that. I never taught you how to steal from the store. Why did you put that in your pocket? <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah. So how do we know? You just look at children and their nature. We spend all our adult prime years of our lives trying to make sure we don't raise monsters and turn them out into society. The nature of sin. 
I didn't make the rules. In fact, I hate the rules. I was on a call this week with these pastors, and they asked me, you know, one pastor said, we just can't, uh, the word of God is, is the word of God. We just agree with the word of God. And I go, yeah, we do, but I don't like it. Amen. Sometimes the word gets on my nerves. It tells me to do stuff I don't want to do. Amen. It tells me not to do stuff I want to do. Amen. It, 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 it doesn't let me be, sometimes I just want to be sorry. And it doesn't let me be sorry. See, the word, I don't always like the word, but I don't make the rules. This is the bottom line of Christianity. There is a God and you're not him. Amen. That's, that's Christianity. We can go home. <laughs> so that means that his ways is, that aren't our ways and his thoughts that aren't our thoughts, they're still his ways and they're his thoughts. And we're trying to catch up to his ways and his thoughts. And we're trying to understand really what he wants and how he is and what he needs from us and what he desires and what he wants. We try, we're trying to figure it out. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Because why? Because we realize something that his ways are in our ways go different ways. So we got to make our way go his way. I couldn't say that again to save my life. So Jesus, he, to demonstrate his love, he actually died before we realized that he did that and before we loved him. So he died for you. And people go, well, I, I like Jesus. He's cool. When he paid your debt. Amen, everybody. Amen. Chris, go to the next verse, uh, John chapter 17, verse. Let's read this one. Now this is eternal life. Now here, this is eternal life, people. Come on. That they know you. you. That they know you. That their God, actually know their God, the only true God. And Jesus, they want to also know Jesus. And, and, that's, and that's, that is the eternal life. Is that we know God. See, because God is dying to get us back into the day where, when him and Adam were so tight. And there was no sin. No sin. Hallelujah, somebody. And when it was just him and Adam, and him and Adam were just boys, and it was like no sin, and God is desiring to have that with all of us. And he goes, listen, the, the, eternal life is this, knowing me, knowing the Son. Yeah. You got to know them personally. People go, personally, can you, can you actually have a personal relationship? Yes, you can, but like any other relationship, you got to work at it. Yep, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Like any other good relationship, you, if, you really, uh, if you really love someone, and you, you, you only talk to them once a year, if you really love them, hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah. No, if you really love somebody, you're stupid, like you were in high school, you, you hang up. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. Back when I was young, you know, we didn't have no cell phones. We had the cord that the kitchen all the way to the bedroom. Amen. If you was lucky, you had a plug in your room, you can steal a phone and plug it up in there. <laughs> and then your mom would come out like, are you on the phone? This cord is, why are you in the bathroom with the cord stretched across the living room to the bathroom? Get off the phone. <laughs> that was you in love, you thought. Doing whatever it takes. Heart hurts when the person's not around. Sad. Why are you sad? Oh, I miss him. That little ugly boy. <laughs> he's ugly. His hair is all crooked and he's got acne. I really love him. Shut up. You don't love nobody. You don't even know. <laughs> oh, he's so cute. No, he's not. He's not cute. I'm a bubble burster. But anyway. 
And so when you really love somebody, you work at the relationship, you, you give them everything that you have, you supposedly. And then when you get older, you start to realize that that's vulnerable to love somebody like that. Amen. I don't, I'm not sure I can love somebody, even my husband, even my wife. I'm not sure if I can open up and love on that kind of level anymore. See, because I'm older now and I realize to love somebody like that makes you so vulnerable. Amen. Makes you so, you know, and then we, but here's the problem. We take it into a relationship with Christ also. Mm-hmm. And we love him mostly. That's a good word. And we love him, we love him kind of. We, we, we love him mostly. When Jesus is saying, no, nah, you got to love me totally. And so let me, I read this article. Let me share this, and then we'll go on to the rest of the word. They interviewed three, two, four people, but I only took two of them. And they're in their 30s. And they asked them, it was a Christian article, but they asked them, what is your problem with Christianity? Here's one. It says, my issue with Christianity is people focus too much on Jesus. We need to separate the message from the messenger by focusing on Jesus. It is very exclusive to teach that he is the only way to God, including, excluding, I'm sorry, all other approaches to God by people with different religions and beliefs. And I have a problem with that. We should focus on what he said, not who he was. The next one says, the way I see Christianity is not centered on Christ, the person, but the path to God that Christ outlined for us. He when he says, I am the way, truth, the life, I think he's saying he is showing us to God. Follow his way. Base your life according to his approach. Just be a good person. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's, that's deep. This is where it took me. Go to, go to where are we going, Chris? John, Luke chapter 7, yep. verse 36. Let me show you this story. And I've taught this before. And I don't know how, after reading that, I went to this. In some kind of way, God made it make sense to me. So here it is. Here's this Pharisee that he invites Jesus over to eat. Now, I used to read this and think he was inviting him over so he can kind of check him out and catch him in a lie or, or kind of, you know, fifth degree him to see what he meant. But no, this Pharisee, Simon was actually interested in Jesus. Let me tell you why. Because he would have never invited him to dinner. Because it was risking some stuff. It was risking his status because Pharisees did not like Jesus. They were opposed to the things that Jesus was saying. So remember, Nicodemus came to Jesus when? At night so no one can see him. So here's Simon openly invites Jesus in broad daylight. So that, t- that shows me that it wasn't that he was against him. He was trying to find out what he was talking about. He was very interested. So this Pharisee invited Jesus to dinner. And he went. Jesus actually went to the house, and the Bible says that he reclined at the table. Now, this is what I did yesterday morning. I went and I looked at what, is, what did it mean to eat back in those days. So back in those days, they didn't come sit at the table. They always lounged. They had recliners, like, and people would actually lay at the table and eat. And, you know, you know, you've seen old movies when the, the guy sitting there and somebody, some slave with a feather is <laughs> fanning them and some other slave feeding them grapes. You crap. Mm-hmm. And that's how they would lounge to eat. Now, this is what I didn't know. Whenever you have a banquet like that, people can come and watch who weren't invited. People can come up to your house, because all the houses were open, and they can stand there to do what? Hear the conversation. So it was nothing like, it was nothing odd for some stranger to walk through your house 
listen to what was going on. Because I always wonder, how did this woman just make her way in? That's like me being in the house having dinner with some of you, and then somebody strange just walks into my house, and I don't notice. So I was like, how did that happen? Well, because that's what they did back then. Everybody, everybody with me? Come on, Chris, what's the next verse? A woman in that town who lived a sinful life. Now, learned- there's a woman that lived a sinful life. Good night. Call her up. <laughs> Amen. A prostitute. I got love for prostitutes. Amen, somebody. Amen. I got love for hoes. <laughs> you are not right. You're not right. <laughs> Sound like Snoop Dogg. But anyway, <laughs> they didn't have a word for it. So, I mean, they, they were trying to lessen it. They, were, they just called her a sinful woman, which is so cruel. Everybody say man to that. Amen. I mean, I mean, somebody knew this woman's name, and they didn't even want to put it in there. They just called her a sinful woman. But the sinful woman learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So what happened, Chris? So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. Now, an alabaster jar of perfume was a little jar. It was with a skinny neck, and it was very valuable, very valuable. Now, the thing about the alabaster jar is important because... Here it is. See, this is her livelihood. See, because by her being a woman of the evening or whatever, her whole premise was her looks and her smell. Because, mm-hmm. man, everything back then stunk. Mm-hmm. They didn't have no glade. They didn't have no, everybody say amen now. Amen. I mean, animals running around. Everything's dusty. Oh, I know it smelled bad. Mm-hmm. So in order to get something that smelled good, it cost a lot of money. And also, she needed it. Yep. So if I look back, here's these two people, two people with an encounter with Christ. And two people have opinions of him, and two people have responded to him a certain way, and then two people got responses from Jesus. Here's the Pharisee. The Pharisee wants to meet him. He wants to intellectually see what this is about. A lot of people are intellectually interested in Christ, but the intellectuals don't want to change anything, though. Amen. I just want the information. Give me the word. Give me the path. Just See, what they're saying is, because I can save myself if I know what to do. Right. Just tell, I don't want you. He didn't want Jesus. He wanted what Jesus knew. He wanted the path that Jesus had. He, he goes, show me what to do. I don't really want you, though. I don't, I'm not sure I really like you, but my thing is you're interesting, and if you have a way to God, I want to know it so I can save myself. Amen. That's called major religion. Yeah. Everybody with me? Yep. Show me the way. Give me the path. Give me the, the insight that I need to be able to accomplish what? Saving myself down here. But then here's the woman who bought the alabaster jar of perfume. And then, Chris, let me show you what happened. Go next. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping. Now, here's the thing, Chris. She came up behind him. Nobody said anything. Why? I guarantee you Jesus probably didn't even notice. Why? Because there's a lot of people walking around. Mm-hmm. Amen, everybody. There's Amen. servants walking around, other people that were invited walking around, and people that you didn't even know were walking around trying to find a spot so they can hear what was going on. And I'm saying it was a lot going on. So here's this woman comes up to him, and, be, and she's got a plan. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wash his feet, which you guys know how I feel about feet. Who feed us? They, they, they're scary to me. I mean, and, and it's like she's going to wash his feet, but before she does it, she's overwhelmed with emotion. 
She's going, man, I heard about this guy. You know what? And this, this, this man is, is like something else. He's, you know what? I, 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 I've been in relationships, unfortunately, with a whole lot of other dudes. But, you know, this guy is something else about him. And I heard about him. So he, where is he? He's in the Pharisee's house. So I'm going to go. And let me tell you something. A woman of the world should not walk into a Pharisee's house. Mm-hmm. And she walks in there. And before she can get her plan, she's overwhelmed with emotion. Then, then, then it says she began to wet his feet, not with water, but she was crying that heavy that she can wash his feet with just by her tears that she was shedding. And then she let down her hair and wiped it with her hair, dried it with something. Simon and I was creeped out. Everybody say amen. Amen. I'll show you in a second. She kissed his feet, poured perfume on them. Next verse. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, yeah. he would know who is touching him and what kind of he woman said, she this is. This guy can't be who he says he is because if he was all knowing, he would know what kind of woman this is and he would not let her touch him. Or he can't be who he says he is because he's not all pure because he's letting him, letting her touch him. Mm-hmm. So Simon's torn, but he's thinking, he's thinking, mm-hmm. thinking. He's, he's making sense, actually. Hey, man, he's, he's going, man, this is, see, you got two different responses. The woman comes and she comes with all she has, emotional, and, and, and Simon comes just intellectual. And he's going, man, he wouldn't be letting her touch. If he really was this God-like being, he would know what kind of woman she is. Oh, so he must not be because he's actually allowing her to touch it. Now, here's the key. He was thinking that to himself. Mm-hmm. Didn't say it out loud. And so Jesus says something. What does he say? Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Now, when Jesus tells you that, he's about to tell you something you ain't going to (laughs) like. Whenever Jesus goes, hey, I have have a story to tell you. Hey, I have a parable for you. Hey, I want something to talk to you about. If he calls your name twice, you're in trouble. And if he says, I got something to tell you, you're in trouble. So he goes, I got something to tell you. And he went to this little brief parable, but it's so powerful. Very powerful. Because what he's noticing is that he's got these two people with an encounter with him. One is coming intellectually just by trying to find out the way. And then the other one is coming looking for him personally. Personally looking for him. What does Simon get out of it? Simon gets a lecture. That's what he wanted. He's going to get a lesson. The woman gets so much more. I'll get into that in a second. So here's, G, here's Simon. He goes, Simon, got something to tell you. Chris, go. Tell me, teacher, he said. Don't say that, Simon. You're about to get it. But anyway, come on. Two people owed money to a certain money lender. Two people owed money. How much did they owe, Chris? One owed him 500 denarii yeah. and the other 50. One owes 500, one owes 50. What does it say next? Neither of them had the money to pay him back. Yeah. So he gave the, forgave the debts of both. Now, which one of them loves the most? All right. What did Simon say? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the beg- bigger debt and forgiven. And Jesus says, you're right, the one who was forgiven the most. Now, here's the thing I've always that, but God sent me down another road with this one. He goes, listen, don't skip over something. They both owed the debt. Amen. 
one might not, Simon actually lived a good life. He, he, he was an upstanding guy and a citizen. I'm sure he lived a clean life. I'm sure he kept himself out of situations. I'm sure he stayed away from situations like the woman was in. And then here's the woman who, whose man had a hard way to go. She, had, she probably was by herself, had to use whatever means she had. Amen. Hallelujah, somebody. Amen. To get by, and it's caused a whole lot of pain in her, a whole lot of hurt in her. So here it is. Her debt is larger, but you both owe the debt. And here's the key of the scripture. Neither one of you can pay. Amen. So which one loves the most? The one with the bigger debt. Hey, this is where my crazy mind went. If you were in, in a poisonous spider you in your feet and you fell Now, if you come out the house and a power line absolutely fries you, lands right on your head, fries you up, you burst into flames, and then you explode. You're dead. Now, which one of you are more dead? Amen. You're both dead. One's just pretty dead. They look nice. And one's ugly dead. But you're both dead. Amen. Amen, everybody. Now, one died horribly, but one died peacefully. But, man, the equation is you're both toasted. You're both dead. So if both of you are dead, who's more dead? You're both dead. So here's Jesus saying, both of you are dead. You can't pay the debt. Hallelujah, somebody. The key to the scripture is the man, both of you are in debt. Yours might not be as large as hers, but man, you're in debt anyway. And you can't pay it. That's Christianity. You can't pay it. Amen. No, I don't, police never look for me, or I never had any run-ins, and they know, I, don't, I pay my taxes. You know, I, I've done all the right things, and I went to, you know, myself cool, and cussed sometimes, and I flipped a few people off, but come on, everybody has, you know. <laughs> so, so when people say, you got you to gotta get rid of the messenger, just, I don't like the Jesus approach because it excludes everybody else. But Jesus is saying, you can't get around me. Amen. You can't get around me. Why? Because he takes salvation and he makes it simple. It's a debt that must be paid. And here's the thing, you can't pay it. I'm the only one that can pay. Hallelujah, somebody. Chris, come on. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? The, so he turns his back on Simon and says, I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, yep. but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. Uh-huh. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. See, this feet. woman, she's trying to get to know me. She wants to be personal, but it creeps you out. Amen. You don't like touching. You don't want to touch me. That's the disconnect. They want Christianity. They want the benefits of Christianity, but they don't want the Savior. They don't want the King. Or some people actually want the Savior. I do realize I want them to save me, but I don't want the King. You can't separate any of it. You got to have the Savior and the King. 
Hallelujah. You, you got, and so here it is. Simon is going, oh, she's touching him. That's so creepy. And, and I don't want to touch him. I just want to hear what he says. I just want the informal. And here's the woman says, no, I want everything. I want to know who this guy is. I want him to know me. I want him to notice me. Hallelujah. And, and think about this. Think about this. What did Simon get? Well, he got the lecture and the information that he needed. What did the woman get? She got everything. Mm -hmm. One thing she, the well, first thing she got was she got love that was real. Yeah. Hallelujah. Not the love that just somebody just said they love her trying to get something from her. Amen, somebody. Amen. Not, not the love of manipulation and, and they just, you know, really, I don't really love you. I just really want what you got over there. She, she got a real true love. Let me tell you something else she got. She got the I don't give a crap. Let me tell you why. One, she didn't run when everybody looked up and saw her. She stayed there. Yep. And let me show, tell you something. She let down her hair. Yeah. Yeah. Women at that time didn't let down their hair because it meant vulnerability and I'm old. Mm -hmm. A woman would let down her hair in front of her husband at home, mm -hmm. never out on the street. It's like that now. You see a movie. When a woman lets down her hair and it's a dude there, you know what's about to go down. <laughs> or when a woman comes home and lets down her hair, takes off her heels in her house, it's probably a killer in the closet. <laughs> Strangle killer, Michael, somebody's in the closet ready to kill her. Because what happens when you let down your hair? Your defenses are down. You're taking a breath. You're vulnerable. See, and I don't care what anybody says about me. When you really come to Christ, you don't care what people say about you anymore. Hallelujah. You're not caught up in what people think. She's like, I don't care what people think. She got free. She got the, I don't give a crap. Yes. Hallelujah. He, he accepts me. He loves me. I'm coming to him because I heard about him. Yes, thank and you, I'm going to give him everything that I have. I'm going to let my hair down on this one. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and the, Simon went, oh. <laughs> Oh, my God, God. <laughs> the, she's touching him. You can't touch this. Jesus going, wait a minute. You, you're trying to separate the message from mm -hmm. She stop. She washed her hair with my feet with her, her, my feet with her hair. She hurt so much she was able to wash it. She put the most expensive thing she had. And all she was, she was putting on my feet. That's something else she gained. She probably gained another and I'm sure she did, because the thing that helped her was her smell and her looks. Mm -hmm. But she's willing to take this, this is a prized possession. This helps me make money, but I'm going to put it on, I'm giving you everything. Simon had a whole lot of stipulations. Simon's like, I want to come to you and I want to hear you, but I don't want to change anything. And I have my own opinion how life should go. Yep, yep. I'm teaching really good Bible. Yes, I really you are. Am. Uh, he, he, Simon is going, I just want to hear what you got to say, but, you know, I don't want all the theatrics. I, I, I already know how it should be. That's like someone telling you, oh, I have a personal relationship with God, and they've never stepped in anybody's church. No, you have an opinion. Because if you had a personal relationship with God, you wouldn't be like that. Because it would drive you to do something. It would drive you to be with the people of God. It would drive you to be in the house of God. No, you just, you want God, but you don't want anything he's saying, really, that doesn't agree with you. Yep. So you're saying, I'm going to come to you, but only if you don't change how I feel about things. Right. 
Here's the woman going, I'm going to come to you, and everything is different now. Everything is different. I've gained self-respect. I've gained I don't care. I've gained true love. I don't care what these Pharisees say. Yes, I'm sinful. But here's Jesus. He has to stop kissing my feet. Next verse. You did not put oil on my head. You didn't put no oil on my head. No perfume on my Here's Jesus. He's got an attitude now. <laughs> you're looking at her and you're judging her, and you didn't give me anything. You just wanted to hear what I had to say. Amen. Come on. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. Now, therefore, she has a whole lot of sin, but that debt is paid. Her great love has grown. Now, you look at this and say, man, she got her debt She loved Christ. More than Simon. And then the Holy Spirit spoke to me and go, no, this is something further. It says, but whoever has been forgiven a little only loves a little. And I'm like, what does that mean? Oh, it means that your love for God is based on how much you really feel like you've been forgiven. It's not a love that you just mustered up and says, yes, I love God. No, it's, it's saying, man, I got a whole lot that you forgive. I really love you. You, you following me? Yep, yep. It says your, your love for God is based on how forgiving you are. Let me tell you something. Coming to the Lord, this, this is how you, this, because this is, man, I got so much in my spirit, man. This is what happens. People get angry at God or they get angry at themselves don't understand this principle. You guys are sinners. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. You don't deserve even if you, Even if it wasn't true, and everybody be honest, you set the standard of what you think a good person is. Do you meet it? Your standard, do you mean it? I don't even meet my own standard of what a good person is. Amen. So everybody is a sinner, but when you come to the knowledge of Christ, you understand that, and you receive Christ's uh, 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 salvation, and then you begin to have this amazing relationship with God, you realize something. I'm 100% sinner, and I'm 100% forgiven. So when things go wrong, people get mad at God, because they feel like God owes them. They forget you're a sinner that he doesn't owe anything to. So they get mad at God. Or people get mad at themselves thinking, man, I fell short. I didn't do something right. I'm not good enough. And they, he's punishing me. And then God says, you're 100% forgiven. What are you talking about? Did that go over your head? I'll say it again. Why you don't get mad at God is understanding something. You don't deserve anything. Amen. So when life comes, you go, man, I don't deserve anything anyway. Lord, help me out. Yep. I know I don't deserve it, but Lord, can you give me some mercy? Some hey, God, I went to church for two months straight. You let me down. <laughs> the flip side is when you do something, life comes and it doesn't go right. And then you go, man, I must be doing something wrong. I'm not praying enough. I'm not studying enough. I'm not going to church enough. And it, but you're 100% forgiven. Amen. 
Amen. Thank you, it's Lord. Just, so you don't get mad at him, you don't get mad at you. If you understand something, you're a 100% sinner that has been 100% forgiven. Thank you, Lord. So here it is. Why did she, he said, she's good because she, she loves me more than you do. Know why? Because she's more forgiven than you are. See, when you're really not forgiven, you're lackadaisical about church and God. You, you, you know, when, you, when you're really not forgiven, you know, you come every once in a while. When, you, when you're really not forgiven, you just special event or something. When you're really not forgiven, you, you got other things to do. You, see, I'm not that forgiven. I'm like Simon. My life is, I believe my life isn't that bad. <laughs> but when you really understand that, man, I've been forgiven for a lot. Oh, man, Lord, I owe you. So I'm going to get my hind end up, and I'm going to do what I got. I'm going to gut my butt to church. I'm going to do the right stuff that I try. I'm going to try my hardest. I'm going to fail. But when I do fail, I'm going to get back up. I'm going to try again. See, why? Because I owe you. The Bible says present your body a living sacrifice. Why? Because it's reasonable for what? The debt that he paid for you. So who are lots of days ago about God, the reason why is because they're not forgiven. They're kind of forgiven. They're sort of forgiven. They, they really still believe that they're making it on their own merit. Oh, churches are packed with people, but the world sure doesn't seem like it. Man, Detroit has a church on every other corner. It should be a holy place. <laughs> it's not. Amen. Flint is really holy around here. It's not. Okay. Dallas, Texas has more churches per capita than any place I've ever been. And I mean large ones. And there's people in all of them. It should really be a holy place. Mm, no. Plus the Cowboys play there. No. <laughs> What's the disconnect? Something's disconnected. Well, because a lot of people have a Simon relationship with God. Mm -hmm. They don't really want the personal side. They don't really, they just, they just, I just want the way. Because if I get the way, it gives me a better life down here. And then hopefully I'll, I'll make my way into heaven. I'll earn it on my own. But I don't want all your stuff. I don't want to be close to you. I don't want to say I love you. I, I don't want to exclude Buddhists and, and, and Hare Krishnas and all those other religions. That's not fair. I, 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 we can't say it's just Jesus. Jesus. That's the only way. That's why we got McDonald's, Wendy's, Burger. In this lifestyle, we get to pick. We got Target. We get to pick in this world. You can't tell me I can't pick. Amen. The problem people have with Christianity. Amen. And the Jesus is going, Simon, <laughs> and it's good. Simon's going, no, but I live her life. I only owe the 50. She owes the 500. And he says, no, I know, but she's 100% forgiven. You're still functioning on that merit. You think that gets you by. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the Bible says that every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess eventually. And a lot of people, you know, think that these people are so holy and these people are so not. The so not ones are going to be in heaven and only once they're not going to be there. He says, many will say, I did all these things in your name. He's going to go, you again? I don't know. I don't see you on the list. 
But wait a minute, I, I looked apart, I, I, I yelled at other people who weren't doing like me. I, I, I don't know who you are. People think I'm crazy, and I am. I am. But my thing is, if people think, no, you have to be a certain way in order to do this, and you have to teach a certain way, and you have to dress a certain way, a certain way. And I go, why? Amen. So back in the 80s when I first started, man, I took all the time. People were like, this guy is nuts. And I went, yes, I'm nuts. They thought John the Baptist was nuts. Amen. Why? Because I wear Nikes and not lizard shoes. I got nice shoes, but I don't want to wear them. It's raining. I don't even want to wear my Nikes. I don't want them dirty either. But it's like, man, how are we supposed to be? See, Simon had the supposed to be down packed. He was supposed to look like this. He was supposed to sound like that. He was supposed to stay away from this. He was supposed to And here's the woman whose life was just horrible. She just did things last night that she regrets. And, and she's like, man, I heard about Jesus. And she, before she does a thing, it's emotionally overwhelmed. No, why? Because she's saying, man, the love that I always looked for, but always found the wrong way, is right here. So I'm going to get personal. I'm going to wash his feet. Jesus is looking. Jesus laying there. And all of a sudden, he's like, what the, what the? <laughs> and Jesus is laying. And Jesus goes, oh, okay, that feels kind of nice. Why? Because they wore sandals. Oh, it was some messed up feet back in them days, man. The roads were all dusty and rocky. And it, oh, it was bad. And walking through mud and, and everything, oh, the feet were bad. So here it is. Here's this woman going, I'm going to do something. I'm going to humble myself, and I'm going to just wash his feet. I just want to be that close to him. And Simon's going, oh, she's touching him. Mm -hmm. I want a religion that's not touching, that's not personal. I just want the way. I want the information. Jesus goes, you can't separate us. Amen. Come back when you're serious. Hallelujah. Chris, where are we? Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. Yeah. The other guests began to say among themselves. See, there's other people there. What did they say, Chris? Who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Now, the, the literal text for that is not go in peace. It says go into peace. They changed it because it sounds better. But the literal text says your faith has saved you. Go into peace now. Meaning, Hallelujah. forget everything else. Walk in peace now. Amen. But you don't understand what my life has been. I don't care what your life has been. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah. Enter into your peace now. Go and enter into your peace. Be peaceful. But you don't understand. You, the world's still going to think I'm a sinful woman. I don't care what the world says. And now you don't either. You let your hair down in front of everybody. You don't do that. The Old Testament, if, you, if a woman let her hair down, not with her husband, that's grounds for divorce. You can't let your hair down. Hallelujah, somebody. That's the kind of rules they had back then. So her letting her hair down is going, I don't care what people think. They thought of me, oh, I know they, what they think of me. They think bad of me. But here's the thing, I don't care. I don't care. This is my salvation I'm talking about. This is my chance to go free. I'm going to go see the Christ. Man, I heard he was there. And, man, they're going to look at me funny, and they're going to wish I wasn't there. 
and they're going to whisper behind my back, but I don't care. I want it personal. Simon just wanted it intellectual. Can't separate them. I believe the Bible is intellectual. I think you have to think your way through it. I think it's understanding all throughout the Bible. But I also believe you can't take Jesus out of the equation and the personal relationship that he desires for you and he desires for you to have not only with him but the Father. Can't separate it. I don't care what nobody says. I know it excludes a whole lot of other religions and I know it excludes a whole lot of other paths to God. I didn't make the rules. It ain't my fault. But you can't tell me what other God died for you, paid a price for you. All the other guys, somebody built a statue and said, here, worship it. That's how they did the calf, amen, somebody. All the guys in Egypt, that's what they did. Somebody came up with a really nice statue and somebody said, yeah, let's worship it. There's our God. Hallelujah. Did he die for you? What price did your God pay for you? What price did little fat Buddha pay for you what price did he pay and I know it sounds bad and it's like man you're excluding me I'm a good person and I really believe that there's a God and there's a path I just can't deal with Jesus well, okay what price did Elijah Muhammad pay for you thank you Lord thank you Lord and I don't know about that we'll go over to Israel when the war is over and find out where they buried him it's still there what price did he pay what price did your puny God pay? Because it's a debt to be paid. Jesus says salvation is a debt to be paid. But only fools realize that they don't have the debt. How do you get people to come to the Lord? How, Kenan, how have you led so many people to the Lord? I got them to realize something. You're garbage. You, you, you actually suck. You really do. You, 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 you stink. What have I done? You were born. I don't believe that. Look at the children. You just learn how to suppress your suckiness. But don't feel bad. I'm not speaking down to you. I suck. Why? Because I know you're a preacher. No, I, that's the problem. Preachers suck. And I was born. Hallelujah. I'm not talking down to you. Everybody has a debt to pay. I know it sounds crazy. I didn't make the rules. And I don't think we should pay for something somebody else did. But here we are. And God says, you know what? I don't want you to pay. That's why I sent Jesus. So now you're free from all that. The debt is paid. Some of you have only, only paid a little because you're rather, you've been good people all your life. But you still know you were bad. And in us that were really bad, we go, thank you, Lord. But you know, even us that has a little bit to be forgiven for, if you really think you got a whole lot to be forgiven for. I'm not about society. Yeah, you haven't done anything wrong in society, but all up here, all you have unforgiveness, hatred, envy, jealousy, hallelujah. So we look at it, everybody has a lot to be. So what happens to my love? My love is based on how... Man, I really feel forgiven. I really love you. You owe $10,000 on a credit card. The credit card company calls and says, you know what? Don't worry about it. Let me tell you something. Whenever a debt's been cleared, somebody's going to pay. Hallelujah, somebody. 
Whenever someone goes bankrupt, the company that loans you the money, they got to eat it. They pay. Somebody's going to pay. So the debt is there, and Jesus says, I'll pay it. It's not fair what Adam did. That's why I'm here. I'm going to fix it. I'll pay the debt so you don't have to. It's a good deal. So here's two people very interested in Christ. One wants an intellectual seminar on the things to do and the religious practices that would get him what he needs down here. And the other ones come saying, no, what, I suck, and I just need, I need, this, I need this Savior, and I understand that he's everything to me. And, and I, if I get to him and if I give him everything that I have, even my identity, I'm no longer that because I'm taking the thing that I need to help me do that, and I'm going to put it on his feet. Everything is his now. Simon goes, I don't want to change stuff, though. So now when you talk to people, you'll know the difference. Some people are very forgiving, therefore they love God. Some people aren't forgiving that much. They think they're not that bad. So they love him a sort of. But closing with the Bible says what? Jesus, we talked about it last uh, this Thursday. He says, man, those of you who flirt with me, those of you who kind of like me, those of you who are in the middle, uh, not buying it, you're not going to get around me. You're going to have to learn how to love me. You're right, Nicodemus. You're right, Simon. You got to get personal. Everybody say in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's take communion.